Hello and welcome to the SBK Betting Podcast. My name is Tom Collins and I'm filling in as host for this episode with regular presenter Jess Stafford living up at York. Uh, I'm very jealous and I'm sure you are as well, Ross. Fortunately, Ross Miller is joining me and I mean, it's fantastic that he is because last week he put up Mons Tipple, a horse I could not have at all of a 17-month drought at Newmarket, but he won. Bet you were happy with that one, Ross. Yeah, I, I was because as I put on my social media, I, I rather foolishly doubled down on it in the uh, SBK tipping platform as well. Um, I, I, on the form of it, I was quite confident, but then you realise it's Mum's tipple you're talking about, and uh, <laughs> you can't be confident at all. But he he actually did it very he did it very well. You know, I thought it was a nice ride by Frankie Dettori. I thought he kept things very simply, made use of his stamina for a bit further, and uh, yeah, I don't think it was much of a contest. I'm certainly not following him back in this weekend, um, but I was pleased to see him get the job done. Yeah, very nice selection. And also, when a horse doesn't win for 17 months and then you put them up when they do, you get that extra bit of satisfaction, don't you? Yeah. And of course, I've not backed him in the 17 months ever, honest. <laughs> I don't believe that at all. Um, other winners for the podcast last week. We had two winners in Stat Attack. Sean Bowen and Gordon Elliott teamed up to good effect at Perth. General Lee, my place play, finished second. And Ross's selection in the Hungerford Stakes, Dubai Poet, also finished second at a good price. So it wasn't a bad week last week. Now, before we move on to this week, to the Saturday action at York, let's just touch on Bayed. He entered the Jubmont International on Wednesday, nine out of nine in his career. One of the best horses in training, technically the best horse in training on ratings. But he had stamina to prove. Well, didn't he do that, Ross? He blew my socks away. What did you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I've been a bit slow to the party and, I, and I'm not going to gatecrash it now because I think it's it's wrong to, to jump on and, and be the fanboy. But the thing that I've sort of, not loved about him is he's he's been very workmanlike. I quite like a bit of flash and, and when comparing to Frankel, Frankel certainly had that. Yesterday he really did. We will see clips and montages like we've seen of Frankel in the last couple of weeks of him cruising past very smart horses, making them look utterly pedestrian and then just striding away into the distance. And you know, he wasn't hard pushed to do it, was he? Um so yeah, I think he's a he's a really, really top notch horse. Um Trained by a really, I mean, I've never met William Haggis, but he just comes across as an absolute dinger of a guy. You know, he's got time for everyone. He thinks about what he wants to say. Um, he's got a bit of charisma, but um, he's very serious about what he does. I, I, I thought it was an all-round good result for the sport. Yeah, 100%. He beat Mishriff by six and a half lengths. Obviously, Mishriff won the race last year. Bayid was only a length clear with a furlong to go. Yeah, completely stretched away from his field. Mishriff is a proper group one horse. Bayid has been given an RPR of 138 for that effort, an official rating of 135. The RPR leaves him five pounds short of Frankel's best, but I think now after that performance, we can really put him in the same category as Sir Henry Cecil's brilliant Colt. Right, let's get into the action for this Saturday. And the feature race is the £500,000 Ebor Handicap at York. Traditionally, one of the hardest races to find the winner of Ross. We've got a maximum of 22 runners. What did you make of this? Oh, what did I make of it, TC? Well, Willie Mullins didn't have a runner for starters, so that sort of took away a, a, a big angle into it. I, I think it's, um, I think it's really tricky. I think it'll be an exciting race, um, but uh, I, I've split my stakes across two um, at, at bigger prices for differing reasons. Uh, the, the first one, and perhaps the one that's perhaps slightly more logical, uh, is is Max Vega. Um, he's been running in much tougher contests than this this year. Um, started his season off with a with a good win in a, in a Group Three at um, at Newbury, then had absolutely no chance in the Yorkshire Cup against uh, Stradivarius, and then last time at Goodwood, thought he didn't get the greatest toe through the race. He got jostled and 
bumped about a bit and lost his pitch, stayed on quite well. Um, he finished just a, a neck behind John Leeper. Um, he gets a pound pull with him. Just looking at the prices, he's around about 20 to 1 now, Max Vega. Finished fifth in it last year, albeit off a £2 lower mark. But I didn't think this was perhaps as strong a contest as, as last year. Um, he didn't have the greatest run in it last year either. He sort of got trapped a bit wide. He had to wait for traffic to clear um, and finished a good effect. So he, he's by no means a confident selection. But at the prices, I just thought he was perhaps a bit overpriced. He's not had a heavy season. Um, if they've geared his season around this, I think £2 is not all that much in, in this sort of race. Uh, I think he could go pri uh, well at that sort of price. And then the other one was just a, a Joseph O'Brien horse, Bono, who caught my eye a year ago at Ascot in the Queen's Vars. Um, got given a terrible ride, really. Got given far too much to do. Challenged wide in the straight. Stayed on to fourth. Been expensive to follow since then. He's done nothing really of note since. But he did win a fairly weak uh, contest at Bellastown last time, but won it very well. Um, I think you've always got to respect Joseph O'Brien Raiders when he sends them over, particularly in these in these staying contests. Jim Crowley, perhaps an interesting booking. Um, I just thought, again, at, at a big double-figure price, I'd, I'd split my stake across him. I, he certainly got the stamina for it. He's by Australia. Um, could just see him sort of surprising a few. Yeah, two value selections there. Nice big prices. I'm going to kind of be going on the same uh, wavelength with a couple of big prices as well. But before we touch on those, should mention a couple of the leading market protagonists in this race. You've already mentioned one horse trained by Joseph O'Brien in Benno, but he's got another horse called Akita, Akita Sushi, who's going to be towards the head of the market, as well as Paddy Toomey's Earl of Tyrone, ever present for Jessica Harrington as well. So the Irish have a real good, strong hand in this year's edition of the Ebor. The UK team's probably led by Garcia and Candleford, two trainees from... Uh, William Haggis's stable. I like two other horses from the UK in this race. Now, I know the first one's going to get a lot of furore, maybe from yourself, Ross, but also from social media. And that is John Leeper, <laughs> a horse that no one has been able to get right for the last 12 months. I think there is hope in this horse. He was considered a derby candidate last year. Now, yes, he's, he's subsequently disappointed. He was nowhere near good enough to win the derby, um, no matter what happened that day, even beforehand, his form wasn't good enough after the, after the race. We've seen that he probably wasn't good enough to win a classic. However, in his two runs at York this season, both over this course and distance, one mile, six furlongs, he has run his best races. Now, first time up, he was held up right out of the back in a race that was run at no gallop whatsoever. He was the only horse in that field to make up any ground. He flew home in the final furlong to take second behind without a fight. Now, he bumped into that horse again next time up in a three-runner field. Again, another race that wouldn't have suited him. This horse, John Leeper, needs a fast gallop over two miles to really you know, show, showcase his fantastic stamina. He finished second that day, but he drew miles clear of the third. I think it was a decent effort, given the win as a proper listed or group horse. Now, last time out at Goodwood, he just wasn't uh, suited by the track. I'm willing to put a line straight through that. But I think he's reasonably well handicapped now that he's stepping up um, into this big field handicap where he's going to get that fast early get, uh, gallop Hopefully, he'll saunter into contention and finish that final furlong really nicely. So at a decent price, John Leap will be my number one selection. The other horse I'm interested in is Valley Forge. Now, much like you said there with Max Vega, Valley Forge has good course form. I think that's crucial on the Knavesmire. York form doesn't always translate elsewhere, and horses that run out well elsewhere don't always run well at York. But Valley Forge won the Melrose on this card last year over course and distance off a mark of 83. He's just £9 higher this time around, despite the fact he's won in the interim and ran well to finish seventh in Northumberland play. I think he's a, a horse at a decent price for Andrew Balding, who does well in these events that shouldn't be overlooked. Now let's move on to the Melrose, the horse I just talked about with Valley Forge. 
who won the race last year. As I say, it's run over the same one mile, six furlong trip. But this race is just for three-year-olds rather than older horses. Andrew Boulding, already touched on, has another uh, strong hand in this year's edition with Soul Stopper. Charlie Appleby, who's won two of the last uh, five renewals, has two good chances as well, Alan the Fear and Wild Crusade. Ross, what did you make of this? Another really tricky punting heat. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Sulkham is the, is the favourite, is the right favourite. And I think there is still still value in him. Um, but I tried just to look a little bit further, a little bit of a bigger price. Uh, and, and the horse I like is, is Sheer Rocks. I mean, you can sum it up in a, in its trainer. It's trained by Eve Johnson-Houghton. I mean, she's absolutely flying this season. Seems to be placing these horses so well. Um, Tom Marconda thought was a was a nice jockey booking. Um, when he stepped up to, to 10 furlongs for the first time, he took a big step forward and, and won at Chester and won, I thought, quite cosily. Um, two runs since then, he hasn't got his head in front, but I think they've been solid enough runs. Um, he was fourth at Goodwood, um, didn't get an ideal run through, as, as can happen in Goodwood, but but stuck on really well. And then last time he was third at Ascot, and he just looked a lack of gear, really. He was under the pump from sort of a, a fair way out, probably not far off half a mile out. Um, looked like he'd get swallowed up, having been ridden fairly handy, but he stuck to his guns really well. Stayed on, finished third uh, under Frankie Dottori. His pedigree doesn't scream that he wants this sort of trip. He's uh, by Ifrage uh, out, uh, out of a 10 furlong mare. But I thought his run style suggests he does. I think Eve Johnson-Houghton is full of confidence at the moment. Every decision she's making is a good decision. Um, I just thought this extra couple of furlongs here um, off, a, off a light weight, he interests me. And I thought 16 to 1 or thereabouts was a was a big price for him. Yeah, Eve Johnson-Houghton's had a really good week. She had a winner on Wednesday at York, as well as a fantastic Saturday last week. Um, and the booking of Tom Arcand, as you've touched on there, has to be a big positive for Sheer Rocks. Interestingly, favourites don't have a very good record in this race in the last decade. Only one from the last 10 has won, and that was a 5-1 to one jolly in a wide-open heat. However, I can't look past Solcombe. This is a race where I'm going to be sticking with the market leader. William Haggis likes to target his uh, improving, staying three-year-olds at this race. I think Solcombe looks the perfect type to win the Melrose. He's dramatically improved in three runs this year since blinkers have been fitted. And he gets into this race off a mark of just 83, which means he carries a proper lightweight, eight stone, four pound. Holly Doyle takes the ride with two massive ticks there. Last time out at Goodwood, he was probably the best horse in the race. He just didn't get the ideal trip through. He stuck on really powerfully in the closing stages. I think a similar kind of effort will suffice in this field. I don't really think it's the best Melrose um, we've ever seen, but Solcombe is certainly up to standard, I think, of previous winners, especially off this mark. Um, now, that brings us to the end of our big race previews, the Melrose and, and the Ebor. If we get the double up, even between us or just individually, uh, I'm not sure if we'll even be back for this podcast next week, Ross, because they're two really tricky handicaps. Um, just getting one winner out of those two would be fantastic. Now, let's move on to horses that we're probably more confident about. The best bet of the week. Who do you fancy? Uh, so I'm, I'm sticking at York, the 520, uh, the John Dance owned Phantom Flight. He was repeatedly denied a run at Newmarket on his on his last start. And then when eventually getting in the clear, he flew home and uh, finished third, beaten about three lengths. Um, but uh, New London, who won that race, form of that looks really good now because New London came out and won at Goodwood on his next start, beat Deville Legend, who won the Great Bolster yesterday. Um, that form looks red hot. Phantom Flight is a progressive horse. It's only going to be his fifth start. Um, I think provide the... Uh, avoids any trouble in running he's, he's got a great chance i think he'd be hard to beat yeah phantom flight a nice selection there for the better of the day for ross miller 
Ross, question for you before I tell you my nap. When was the last time you went to Germany? Oh, Germany. The last time I went to Germany was in my competing <laughs> days, TC. So probably over, certainly over seven years ago. You are a stalwart of the uh, European travel system, I believe. But uh, we're talking about Germany. That's where the nap comes in. And that is Loft in the 305 at Chester on Saturday. German Raider travelling across. Marcel Weiss, the trainer, has only had one runner in the UK in his career. That came at Ascot and unfortunately lost, but it was in a much tougher heat than this is. Loft is a horse that's really impressed me. Now, I can't say I've watched too many of his German starts. I watched his penultimate outing when he won a great uh, group two. But then last time out, he interestingly flew over to the US to run in the Belmont Gold Cup. Um, it was a fantastic race. It wasn't the deepest heat. And obviously, US horses aren't known for their stamina. So Loft was sent over there, one of the market leaders, and he blew past the field, went from last to first, really impressive and won decisively. Now, Ben Curtis takes the ride at Chester. There are question marks about whether this trip and track will suit. He has proven stamina over further, and obviously he's never encountered a track like Chester with the tight turning left corners. However, Belmont turf track is also pretty tight. I don't think there's a negative there for Loft, and he should just outclass his field off top weight. I think he's probably the banker of the day. Now, perhaps win bets aren't your bag and you prefer a place play. I'm actually going to sit out this section because the two place plays that I would have come up with are in the Evil and the Melrose, but I'm sure, Ross, you have one for, for the viewers. Well, I do, but first of all, TC, I'm really disappointed that a man of your linguistical <laughs> skills didn't come up with, I'm hoping Loft will hit the heights. Um, oh, but... I should have, I missed it. You maybe can have that for your write-up on SBK platform, um, free of charge. Uh, for my for my place play, I agree with you. I think it's fairly slim pickings on the on the each way sort of markets. But in the three o'clock at York, um, I quite like Doctor Zemph coming over from Ireland. He's been running in some really good Group Threes and Group Twos. He wasn't beaten all that far by Order of Australia um, on his last start. I was surprised to see him at the very bottom of the market. I think there's plenty in here. I mean, Sacred. Looks like a good favourite, but I was disappointed with the, with the effort at Goodwood last time. I think there's plenty of question marks over all of them. And I, and I agree that Dr. Zemp would have a couple of questions. He's, he's not been a, a, a frequent winner, but he's definitely a horse of ability. He had good form uh, in his juvenile year behind Go Bears Go at the Curra. They won't be a travelling across here for, for no reason. Um, I thought at around about 16, 20 to 1, he was a big price um, against some perhaps vulnerable opposition. Yeah, you are getting a nice price there on Dr. Zemphin at three o'clock at York. One question for you on him. What do you think about Joe Lyons' record in the UK? Now, it's pretty poor. and It's been well publicised. It's under 10%. His last win in the UK was back in 2019. Would that be a negative for you? Yeah, it's it's definitely been a negative. And, and I have to say, um, a couple of times he sent some smart juveniles over last year and uh, it paid to your advantage to, to oppose him. Um, that said, he's a smart trainer. If there is a reason why they are inverted commas, underperforming when they come to the UK, the more horses you send across, the more things you can change, the sooner you'll hit upon what it is you're not quite getting right. So at some point, they'll get it right. Um, and uh, I, I wouldn't be back in a J-line short price favourite, but at the price he's at, I'm prepared to give it a go. Of course. I, I'd certainly imagine it's factored into the price anyway. And Joe Lyons, as you say, he's a multiple Group 1 winning trainer. He knows what he's doing. Um, maybe the strike rate doesn't really reflect how the horses have performed. Um, but sometimes the favourites have disappointed. So a 33 to 1 or 20 to 1, whatever price you're going to get on Dr. Zemp, I think, you know, it's worth a, a little stab. Uh, Ross has given a, a nice little write-up there uh, on that runner. Now, as I say, I don't have a place play, but I do have a stat attack. Last week, we had a couple of winners um, in this section, albeit I was hoping for more from Gordon Elliott and Sean Bowen, if I'm honest, but 
potentially I was a bit greedy. Um, this time it's not a jockey or a trainer, but instead it's a horse. And that horse is Gabriel the Devil. Now he's the winning most horse at Chester over the last five years. He's recorded five wins on the Rudy. The next best is just three wins. So he's miles out in front. He loves the tight turning track. And he finished second in the race last year that he's running again this time around. And that's the 4.15 at Chester on Saturday. He was drawn terribly last season, finished well down the outside, couldn't quite get up to win. Now, unfortunately, he's also drawn badly this year. But look, this horse is well handicapped on his best. He loves the track. Maybe he'll perform better than uh, the market expectations. He should go close. Gabriel the Devil in the 4.15 at Chester. Now, there's all of our selections. Hopefully, we find a, a couple of winners uh, between us, hopefully in the big handicaps, but also our best bets, Ross's place play or the staff attack. That brings us to the end of this week's podcast. Um, a reminder, new SBK customers can get £30 in free bets by depositing £10. T's and C's always apply, as always, with those kind of offers. Um, please remember to subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube. Like the video, like it on Spotify. There's lots of podcast com content coming over the next few months and into next year. There's also stuff from our SBK ambassadors. There's some stable tours chucked in as well. So we have a lot, uh, a vast array of video content for you guys to watch. Hopefully you have a very successful week and we'll catch you this time next week on Thursday.